Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast with your hosts, Nicole Johnson and Allie Sundet. Our podcast is about reckoning with our restlessness and figuring out where we want to go next. We hope to laugh, inspire, connect. Thanks for listening. Woo! Woohoo! Okay, well, this is the Meltdown City Podcast, and like, what is this about? This is about us and our exploration as we're trying to figure out what is our next step in our careers or in our life and then hoping that we can be by sharing this experience that someone out there will learn something from it and so this this is about being vulnerable and sharing in our in our journey of self-exploration and maybe a little bit of meltdown totally um i think that yeah what we're doing here is really talking about um the tough stuff, the tough moments in life that end up maybe changing our direction or our path. And um, hopefully we'll be able to connect others and make people feel less vulnerable on their journeys. God damn it, the dogs. <laughs> we're, we're trying to eliminate background noise this time, but now we hear these little animal feet pattering around the floor. Tip-tapping toes. Yeah. They're now trying to come hang out with us. I guess it's going to happen wherever we go, but yeah. unless we're in a studio. Yeah, true. But hey, we upped our game. We got some microphones. Um, so how did it feel last week after you did the podcast? Last week, I was stoked. It felt amazing. I felt so accomplished and proud of what we did. Um, this week, I told you I'm, I'm a ball of nerves because this week's topic, what I'm going to be talking about is just super stressful i guess i've never shared it with with an audience beyond my family and friends and i mean i guess that's what this is all about right um yes kind of putting yourself out there and and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and all that jazz so how are you feeling that's big stuff i feel like to talk about okay charlie you sit charlie (laughs) we've got charlie amity's dog charlie Okay. He's, well, you be, might you okay. might have to go back outside. I'm sorry, buddy. Or just take a you'll you'll take a chill. I know you're a chill dog. Um, how am I feeling? Well, I had so much crazy energy after <laughs> the episode. I couldn't believe we did it. Number one, I shared it with some people, and oh my god, some people had some good things to say. Yeah. They also had some good critiques as well, and we're trying to take that into consideration. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I was really surprised and energized from it. How many times did you listen to it, Nicole? Be honest. <laughs> Four. You did. I listened to it with Rob. Uh huh. No, three. Listen three times. I listened to it with Rob. I listened to it by myself, and I listened to it in the car on the way home from um from portland last weekend i went to portland with amity and her friend maria and on our way back i was like oh by the way guys i did this thing and do you want to listen to it and so we listened to it um but anyway on the way back maria and amity listened to it and guess what what maria after she listened to it she was like you know what i've been telling myself i need to go to this french meetup class this French meetup, and I just, I've never done it because I've been too scared and blah, 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 but now I'm going to do it. 
<gasps> Amazing. I know. I'm like, this is what it's about. <laughs> you already inspired somebody. I'm like, yes. No, we did. But maybe, I, I mean, but I, yeah, well, this, this whole process, right? This whole process, this is what it's about. Um, so anyway, I was like, yeah, gold, yes. gold. So awesome. Anyway, um, one thing I thought was interesting was I have always hated the sound of my own voice. Uh-huh. And as I listened to it, I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. I changed the perspective. I changed it to doing a podcast and listening to it changed my perspective about how I see myself. Right. I mean, that's all about like that um, self-compassion. I think that they talk about that now, you know, yeah. like the mindful self-compassion. You have to understand and pay attention to the things that you say and how you're judging yourself and how you see yourself. And yeah, good. So you're practicing a kind yeah. approach to yeah. yourself. So much time being negative. Brutal. You know? Totally hard on ourselves. Worst credits, but like, yeah, you know, I look at you and I see a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, you know, we all have these ideas about what we should be and how we should be doing it and how we could be better. Well, you know? when I see you, I also see an extremely beautiful woman. <laughs> I just wanted to return that compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, should we tell should we, people how to contact us real quick? We're going to oh. front load the marketing we decided because people might get really bored and just turn us off. We're like, Bleh. That would never happen. We know that would <laughs> never happen. But just in case. <laughs> okay. So we do have an Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast. And then our email is meltdowncitypodcast at gmail.com. Woo! I said it without <laughs> fucking it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to say before we dive into what we're doing, yeah. this feels like such a slumber party situation. Oh my God. We're, we're sitting right on a mattress <laughs> in um, Nicole's basement because we got a lot of feedback about the airplane noise last week. So we were like, okay. We're going to find a new spot, but um, this is so, like, transporting me back into my early 20s when we did live in the same apartment building oh when God. we were, like, one floor apart and yeah. had roommates and just, this is what we did all the time. We did. We hung out all the time. In that situation, oh, my God, I swear to God, Melanie had me live underneath you guys with Jenny so that she could just continue to have her crazy punk rock parties on a Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> Paper thin walls. Oh my god! It was just always like punk rock, and then crazy punk rockers. You remember? Oh yeah, you were integral in that phase. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, (laughs) oh man. Okay, that was a fun time. Um, Oh gosh, yeah. The early twenties. Yeah. Um, Okay. So how was? Yeah. Go ahead. Today's episode. Yeah. We're gonna do a deep dive into our latest. Most recent. Most re- recent meltdown. And, uh, you know, it's not, we could call it a meltdown, but it's basically big, how did we make our last big, what were our last big shifts and how did we come up upon making them? Right, exactly. And then how, how did it feel kind of when we were going through it and what were like the outcomes and key learnings, I think, from both of those experiences? <clears throat> Ooh. 
Oh, God. Who wants to go first? I do. I just want to get it over with, to be honest with you. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, so um, I remember my my boss coming to me and saying, Allie, I have a professional development opportunity for you. And I was like, huh, I'm interested. Um, and this was about three months after I started my graduate school program. So I think leadership kind of understood that I was interested in doing more, taking on more responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, oh God. Um, she asked me if I wanted to take on a different department, another department as an interim manager. And um, just to kind of paint the picture of where I was, I was already a department manager. Um, and I had about 15 direct reports and this would be um, taking on 15 additional direct reports. And this is like physicians, nurses, frontline staff, medical assistants, customer service representatives, etc. So I was like, huh, that's really interesting. I felt really flattered. I felt like this was, this could be really great. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about the department I was going into, um, but I talked to my current dyad partner and that's like the physician leader that managers usually partner with on kind of managing the department itself. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> he was like, don't do it. This <gasps> is a bad idea, don't do it. This is a way of, getting you to take on additional work for free. Mm. I was like, well, what if I just ask them if they want me to just manage the department, they can give me an increase and I'll demonstrate how someone can do both. Mm -hmm. Run two different departments, two different floors, two different businesses successfully. Knock it out of the park. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll do one better. <laughs> Watch me. And, uh, <laughs> So I ended up taking it on and doing it. And um, and everything was pretty good at first, actually. Like um, the team was, um, you know, interested in having some fresh blood. They were like, we need someone really experienced. The last manager we had in place was really a novice and we really like someone who's more tenured and you know has a lot more experience so i was like okay i think this is going to be a good fit and plus it's going to help me in my career development uh what i didn't know <laughs> oh. <laughs> was this department was a department that had had years of like turmoil and crazy experiences happened to it. It was almost like a cursed department. And I will tell you a story about um, why I say that. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have heard about the, um, there was a murder <gasps> that happened no. on Capitol Hill. And it happened to be with a physician who was, who was planning to start in that department on a, a given day and never showed up to work. Oh. So um, this was that department. So, so the, the previous manager had been kind of ineffective. She had been in the role for about three years and um, was hiring a new physician and um, the physician didn't show up to work on the day that he was planning to start. And she, uh, like, I don't know why, but she was like, I think I'm going to walk over to the apartment in which he lives and knock on the door and find out where he is. Like, what kind of a manager would do that? That's weird. That's, I would never do that. I'd just be like, I'm just going to call. 
That's <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna call. I'm just gonna call. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of like, God, would I do that? Would I? I would never do that. I would never um, like go and I mean, find out. Maybe I. I don't know. That's weird. I don't think I would do that either. Not unless I knew them like super, super well, and I yeah. would be like, something's odd. This person wouldn't normally do that. But did they know that person? Well, I'm sure she somewhat did because she interviewed him. And it turns out that when she knocked on the door, she opened the door and there was like blood all over the place. Ah! There was um, just a crime scene, essentially. And she called 911 when she got back to the office. He obviously was never going to come to work. And the, <laughs> the, the situation was that it was a lover's quarrel and they oh ended God. up murdering their child. And um, yeah, it was super fucked up. It was in the Seattle Times and everything. So um, after that, she (laughs) kind of had a nervous breakdown and I think she resigned from the position. Yeah, I'm sure whatever that was probably really scarring. Extremely traumatic. Um, So that was just one of the weird little anecdotal uh, twists to this story. So they've had, they've kind of gone through a lot of stuff. They just had a novice manager and I had no idea why that novice manager was like pulled out of the position. And then, you know, I replaced them, but I found out um, and I'll, I'll tell you that a little bit later, but things were going really well at first. And, um, I was just, you know, doing the basic stuff like relationship building and, um, getting to know people and, uh, I ran into this, this, I kind of learned that there was this one medical assistant that was extremely close to like the physicians and that I had also never seen in, in uh, my history, you know, in a clinic where the physicians are like actively hanging out with the medical assistant team, you know, but I was like, Hey, this is a young team. They're pretty close in age. This woman's really charismatic and cool. I can see why they're so tightly bonded. Um, and I don't know, things just started to change eventually when when this one really charismatic young medical assistant didn't really like the way that me as a manager was kind of taking the direction, you know, mm-hmm. of the department. She mm-hmm. didn't, um, you know, show up for huddles. She would start to like twist my words, like the things that I would ask the team to do. She would, she would turn it around and be like, no, we don't really need to do that. And then she started calling in sick a lot. And then it was kind of like, oh gosh, we need to um, start holding her accountable to this negative behavior. And, yeah. and the minute that started happening, everything started to fall apart. Um, because... Um, was it like a mutiny or kind of, or like a revolt? Because Yeah, it was kind of like, there was like this you know, manager team like me and, and the section head and, and my administrative director um, were, you know, we were the face of the department. Right. However, there was really underground management happening where she would she would just tell everybody what to do and everybody would be like, absolutely, we're going to do what you do. We'll do whatever you say. And huh. and so that was a piece of it. That was a that was very difficult to, to man. I mean, anybody who's ever managed people knows that when you have one of those really submersive personalities, mm-hmm. it's, it makes everything. Subversive. Yeah. Yes. Subversive, you know, personality. <laughs> That's submersive. We're not going to go under the water. <laughs> sub- We're not submerging. We're not <laughs> subverting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's super tough to deal with. So anyway, totally. This girl ended up like missing like 30 days of work. Shit. The 
in a year and the, the leadership team and myself were all like dude this girl is part of the problem why we can't get our why we can't meet targets why they have they have this really twisted view about patients they would be pissed off if the patient was late and like wouldn't see them and it would what? make everybody have to um t deliver a terrible message like i'm sorry we're running a medical center but we we're not going to see you because you we're stuck in traffic for 15 minutes and you know it was just it was really toxic um and we all decided that this person needed to go we eventually had to terminate her mm -hmm. i didn't do it myself but um uh hr had done it and then and then after that people just started dropping like flies it was like we ended up losing she she was terminated in january by by april four people had left the department and then we entered just a new level of fucking chaos it was like we were constantly short-staffed people had low morale you couldn't you know get people to show up to work anymore because they were so stressed out and burned out that they would call in sick all the time mm -hmm. uh, we couldn't deliver on patient care i was on the phone answering patient phone calls you know we yeah. had just so much work that we couldn't even catch up with and then by july it, it was like eight people had quit so it was like she jumped ship and she took every one of her people with her um <clears throat> it was crisis mode it was super terrible um we were trying to it, it, yeah it was just like a mad scramble of what to do and and uh it was just kind of like a shit storm so <clears throat> What they did was they took the other department that I was running that was really high functioning and really mm -hmm. self-sufficient away from me. And so that was super tough because I was like, oh, this was like where I could go during the day and find solace and support yeah. and um, happiness. And, and that was my boss that I really liked too. So I had a different boss for the other clinic and a, and a different boss for for the new department. Mm. So um, I really lost my support system with that transition. I wasn't happy. I wasn't asked what I wanted to see happen. So that felt really um, uncomfortable. And, um, and, and then I'll never forget. It was like um, September 11th, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I saw this appointment show up on my calendar in my boss's office. And I was like, Oh fuck, what's this about? And then, um, I walked in to her office and it was just like her and an HR business partner Ugh. and they like closed the door and I just started bawling. Oh. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, the, Oh shit. I was like, we had done that same pat, you know, routine to many other people, other people. Right. But it's more like the three strikes you're out situation. Like, yeah. well, first we're going to have a talk about it and then we're going to, you know, hold you accountable to these expectations. Right. And if you don't meet them, then we're going to do a written warning and then we're going to do a second written warning and then we're going to do a third written warning. Right. And they were just like, you're getting a written warning for your, your leadership in this department. You're not doing a good job. This is motherfuckers. I mean, okay. Yeah, but I, yeah. it's maybe cruel of me. The only thing yeah. I say that is, for the record, Ellie has always been a super high performer, and you've not, you've never been written up. This is never nothing like this has ever happened to you in your career. 
Totally. That's, thank you for saying that. Thanks for reminding me to bring that up because it was like, I was, like you're saying, like extremely successful. I never dreamed that I would be in this position where my reputation was kind of getting ruined. Um, I was like a really high performer. I was in front of the organization a lot. I had a lot of visibility. I ran a lot of process improvement events for many years. They took me to Japan. They were reimbursing me for my graduate school tuition. Like oh I was a seriously you know, leader that I felt like they held in high esteem. So this was like a major blow. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, they, they kind of just gave me the spiel and I was like, what are my options? And they were like, well, this is a 90 day plan and we really, really do want you to succeed in accomplishing these goals. And, um, you can, and if you, and it was like, okay, um, you can just, you know, meet all these expectations in 90 days. You can take another position in the medical center, but it will never be in management or leadership again, which crushed me. Cause I was like, what the, are you, oh, I didn't even know what to say. And then, or you can find another job, you know? I mean, there, there are reasons why these things happen. And sometimes it's better if people just, you know, um, move on and they're better off for it. And I was just like, oh my God. That's a lot for me to digest and I will do all of the above because I felt like I didn't have any other option. Mm -hmm. um, and also just to paint the picture from a personal perspective, mm -hmm. I was, this This all happened in like a year and a half. Okay, I will not massage the mattress while I'm speaking with my fingernail. Okay, let's learn. I don't know. <laughs> I was just doing that, oh, um, but I'm getting kind of animated now. Um, I was I was almost done with graduate school. I was like a month away from getting the last half of my tuition reimbursed, which was largely what kept me there through this entirely tumultuous time. Mm -hmm. um, I was raising three babies, like very young children, like two, three, and and seven, you know, um, or six years old. Um, and I was just finishing my capstone. So like, that's a super, and running two, having two full-time jobs, mind you, like most people would occupy these positions with a full-time FTE. Right. And then, um, you know, being a mom, being in graduate school and running two, I was grinding out. I was, I was not, and I was so busy that I was like really no longer effective. I mean, I was doing such a high quantity of work. There was very little quality in, yeah. in the output. And I think everyone knew that, but I had communicated that to the vice presidents. And I mean, we were yeah. very transparent about how, what, what a going fucked on. up situation we had put ourselves in and about how we needed to change things. And, and, you know, I think that, I don't know, we were getting there, but in the end of the day, I just, I was gutted. I felt totally betrayed and slapped, stabbed in the back. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really knew at that moment, I was like, this is, n I would never want to work for this company again. Like things culturally had changed so much in the last 13 years, it went from an organization that was really focused on people over process mm -hmm. and it had just been really changing and going to all we care about is our bottom line, all we care about is our budget, we're cutting FTEs everywhere we can and the people who are left standing are just going to have to deal with it and they're just literally going to be fried beyond yeah. belief, you know. Do you, I know that you were, you had been not super happy like had you been kind of 
thinking about a, a transition before you were before this event happened i think because you had been were you feeling stuck or or were you wanting to stay there or or were you were, i feel like you were wrestling with being there like you yeah. didn't even before this happened that you had you didn't love it anymore you yeah. were kind of like just doing it yeah I think that was, that's one of the key, um, things that I take away now, you know, is like knowing that, you know, when I kind of started graduate school, I think everyone kind of has, has an end goal in mind, which mm -hmm. is I'm either going to get promoted or I'm going to do something different. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a natural outcome of that process. So I did, I knew in the back of my head that I wanted something out of, you know, after something to come after yeah um i graduated and i and i think that i was so complacent and really just focused on grinding it out getting the tuition reimbursed and then moving on mm -hmm. and when it really came down to it i was like fuck the tuition yeah i this organization no longer supports me in any way and they don't have respect for me anymore and they didn't even do me the the have the courtesy to treat me like a frontline staff person you know i i just felt like wow, the leadership standards here are very different than how we would even, the re, like the level of respect that we show frontline people is very different than the level of respect we show leadership when we feel like leadership is no longer performing. It's more of like heads are going to roll oh. and you know these expectations and I'm not going to, you know, do one, two, three strikes are out with you. But to me, just how it all went down, I, I felt really blindsided too. I, yeah. I, I really wasn't expecting it. I felt like we're putting our finger in the dike, you know, and then yeah. like more water would flood through yeah. no matter what we, we did and tried. Yeah. So I just started, you know, it was resume time. It was time to put myself out there. Go time. It was, it was go, time. go time. It felt really good. It felt really good to get out there. I got a ton of responses. I mean, we all know how long that takes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time to hear back from HR, but I got some interviews right away. So I was really proud of myself. I felt like, um, you, I think people should not be so complacent, mm -hmm. you know, and not be so afraid of risk. Uh -huh. And, um, it felt immediately good to get kind of like a little bit of re recognition. Cause I was like, this should be the best time of my life. Like I'm about ready to graduate from graduate school. I'm yeah. so proud of myself. I feel yep. I should feel so accomplished, but I felt so devalued and horrible. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, this sucks. Wow, I can't, I feel like that experience came at the right time. Yeah. It like shook you, shook you up, like it, you know. Oh, it was so perfect. It was perfectly timed, actually, you know, in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, but I felt like a phony when I was interviewing and I felt kind of like a liar because they're like, why are you leaving after 13 years and you're in this great position to move forward? And, you know, well, I was going to say, I'm got well, I just written got up. written up and I'm about ready to get fired if I don't get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, and, but I was like, I don't even have time to tell you the fucking whole story. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, how do you, you know, spin this material in a way that makes you sound like this is really my decision. And it really was because actually I, I hung in there for at least six weeks. Mm -hmm. I got a new boss who is actually a personal mentor of mine. Um, 
for like two years prior, which was going to be perfect. And she mm -hmm. was super supportive and she helped me the whole way through. And I was meeting all my milestones. So I'm sure I could have hung in there, but I really felt totally, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, I've done so much for this fucking organization. And mm -hmm. after 13 years to do this to me, I just felt like I would never go back. I would just never go back. And, and I moved on. And I'm say, so happy. Did you say, peace out, motherfuckers? I did, I did. But for a while, I was singing that Cypress Hill song, I ain't going out like that, you know? Oh um, <laughs> you know that song? Mm -mm. Oh, we'll have to play it. We'll have to play it at the end of this episode somehow. <laughs> um, I was just pissed off the way, it you know, the way it happened. I should have just taken it by the balls a lot earlier and just did it on my own, but fuck, sometimes... Universe has a crazy way of like kicking your ass. Yeah, it's presented to you. It's like, guess this is not what you're gonna be doing. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> sucking. You you're suck su now. <laughs> you and I admittedly suck did now. suck. I mean, I was burned out. I was so fucking burned out. I was oh. tired. Yeah. I was done. The department itself, it was so toxic. Everybody hated each other. Nobody wanted me there. Sounds It awful. was a great time for me to go. <laughs> and, and and where are you now? You don't have to say... But you're, yeah. you said last oh week my God. your I'm job was, but you're super happy now, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. I am at a way better, bigger, more organized organization with so many more resources. I have a totally different job where it's not patient-facing, it's not as much pressure, I can work out every single day on my lunch break, you know, it's hey. just a way better work-life balance. I have the freedom, the mental capacity to focus on my creative endeavors like this. Um, You're taking care of yourself. Yeah, I can, awesome. I can see my kids and hang out with them without being stressed out, without getting staffing calls every single day. Oh, which right. was just We're beating sure me down. Um, We're, We're sure going to have to call the float pool. What do you want to do about it? Um, so anyway. Wow. Well, Woo! Thanks for sharing. Sure. better. Oh, God, that like, feels good. Vulnerable. You yeah. really expressed all this yeah. stuff. So, Are you ready? Uh, yeah. I want to say, like, the universe said, kablow. Yeah. This is Presto Change. We're going to change it up for you, Allie. Good job. Yeah. Okay. My story, well, I guess I'm going to talk about, nice job, Allie. I just want to recognize. Thank you, my dear. Um, there's no murder involved in mine. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it was important to touch on. I know. The well, weird it, history. It cast this. a shadow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I believe in that weird stuff. Shit. Yeah. Um, so my deal is that I have been had been really unhappy in my job and essentially i'll say this i've been a nurse for almost 10 years about five years into my nursing um career and i had an opportunity to be an assistant nurse manager in of this icu and i was like this is a great opportunity I'm not exactly sure what all of it entails but i'm really excited about it i knew that there were that it would be about training new people and new hires and getting them inspired for and training them to a high standard of like, this is what it takes to be a accomplished, successful IC nurse, a safe IC nurse. I was like, I can do that. I mean, with much guidance and stuff in the beginning. Um, but I did that job and in, 
and had been doing it for about three and a half years. And I noticed that I started really like, ugh, I really started dreading going to work. Um, I, you know, the patient, I was still doing patient care and that part I really liked because that brought me a lot of joy. It's a really dynamic experience being an ICU nurse, taking care of patients at their worst. And um, if you have a really effective team, you can accomplish amazing things. And yeah, I feel like our nursing staff and our doctors, physicians are super, we have such a great <clears throat> high functioning team mm -hmm. and it's incredible to see it, see us do the work that we do, mm -hmm. but the managing piece of that, oh man, I feel like what happens is, I mean, and I, it's not that I'm, I was really happy for that opportunity, so I don't want to be a huge complainer, but well, I feel like what happens is people take in these management roles, they take like the best nurses and then they turn them into managers. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I struggle with difficult conversations mm -hmm. and basically there, you know, one thing that happened instantaneously when I took this position, I mean, it's middle management, right? Yeah. Like time. I was still doing, working side by side with my colleagues and then being their boss like this in the same day or later the next day. I'd be like, hey, can I talk to you about this incident? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, pe yeah. People just hate. Oh my God. There are some people that instantaneously like just revolt or against the man. And I totally was representing did. being the man. Totally. And there, and I'm just like, but I'm not really, I realized also in this role, I, there is so little control that you have in that job as a middle man, in the middle management job. Like, and even as a manager in the ICU, like there's so much that comes down. I mean, this hospital is massive. Yeah. It's a great organization, you know, but I realized, you know, there's as an IC, as a bedside nurse, you don't really know or appreciate, like, you think that, oh, they're making all these decisions because they want to screw you. Well, it's not really that. There's just so much involved. And some of these mandates that come down from, like, you know, whatever, the, the board of directors or who knows, but they're way above our manager's job, my director's job, like, yeah. all of this stuff. Anyway, so what was really hard was I was coming to terms that I didn't, I wasn't happy. So then I was like, what, are the, what the fuck am I going to do? Natural path, the natural path in this job is to go up to my manager, up to a nurse manager, mm -hmm. which I know what a nurse manager's job is. You mm -hmm. don't take care of patients and you work easily 50 to 60 hours a mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. And... You know, like, that is not what I'm about. I don't want to work mm -mm. like that. I don't want to, I don't want, I'm like, I'm about, the, the interesting thing is, I, as I was unhappy, I was like, what is it that I want? What is it that I want? What is it that I want? I want, I want more flexibility mm -hmm. and less responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was like, I had to, that was kind of an, um, it fucked with my ego a bit because I'm like, I, wait a minute, the natural path is for one to say, well, I'm going to work the ladder. And so you just take on more responsibility, more mm -hmm. responsibility as you climb the ladder. And I was choosing not to yeah. do that. And I had to wrestle with, well, what are my options here? 
So I'm saying out loud, I don't want any, I want less responsibility. What does that say about me? Why don't I want to go up the chain? Um, I'm been like, I'm the kind of person that's like, at least at work, I'm going to, if there's an opportunity, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to just take it on, take it on, take it on. And all of a sudden I was doing this, had this idea that I wanted to step down and I, anyway, I just was like, well, that's, I can't do that. For mm -hmm. a long time I was like, well, I can't step down from this job and just be a bedside nurse, even though that's what I wanted, knew I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I felt like I would be judged. I felt like I needed to say, I'm going to school. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm stepping down. Mm -hmm. I, I spent all this time creating these ideas and reasons for what my excuse was. Yeah, and, wh and why it would be acceptable. Yeah, yeah, why I had to tell and justify to people why it would be acceptable. And I mean, it took me a year and a half, really, yeah. to come to the conclusion that I didn't have to stay in a job I didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, for any other reason than I just didn't have to. I didn't, I mean, so, and that it would be okay. Then, like, who the fuck cares? I mean, that's what I really came, I, I felt like I went around the moon and back mm -hmm. to think about, to come back to this idea and be okay with, like, um, it's just fine if you want to just do ICU nursing and not do management anymore. Oh, I felt also like, my boss, this was no, I love, love, love my boss, my direct mm -hmm. manager. Like mm -hmm. she's like my best friend at work. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I felt like for so long, like I couldn't talk to her about it. I couldn't let her down. Yeah. You know, I was like, what is she going to do? Cause I was this, her right hand man. And anyway, I felt, I felt like. I was like, fuck, I can't do that to her. I can't do that to her. I can't do that to her. And um, we talked about it. We cried. And, you know, she was like, you know, I wouldn't stay in this job for you. Mm -hmm. She was just being realistic, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I finally gave myself, oh, I was in Morocco in May. Oh, right. With Courtney. Was it in May or was it, it was in March? In and um, okay. she was like, hey, Nick. So mo and most of my friends knew that I was like, I was unhappy where I was and I didn't know how to make a change. And But yet I was unhappy about it. And so Courtney asked me about my job in Morocco. Yeah. And I couldn't even talk about it. Yeah. I was like, I felt like this brick. Like, I was like a stone statue. I, I couldn't even talk. And all I could do was cry. Oh, I know. That's sad. <laughs> I'm going to cry on the podcast. <laughs> oh, get it out, girl. Let it out. Uh, anyway. So you have to let it out. I was like, what the fuck is this? I can't even talk about, I don't even like my job. I really need to pay attention to this. I don't even, I can't even like talk about my job without crying. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? So anyway, I got, I was like, this is enough. It's, I don't, anyway, after that. Um, <laughs> I talked to my life coach, Right. but actually this is why this is important. I'm, you know, I, I, I joke about this, but I talked to my life coach and it's just like, but why, <laughs> what was that Charlie? It's like, why stay and do something that you know you don't want to do? Life is too fucking short. 
Mm. It is too fucking short. So I, all of a sudden, as I started to think about this idea that I was going to step down, I felt free yeah. and like joyous and that my feet were coming off the ground. And so anyway, I've, I, yeah, it's official. I'm stepping down. We just interviewed for my replacement and I'm going to work less. I'm going to cut my percentage down a little bit and just see. Cause my thought was that I had to leave. I had an excuse to leave in order to justify leaving. But the truth is, is now I really feel like I need to step down from this job, work a little less and allow some space and time to really think about this next path. So anyway, <gasps> Woohoo! Uh, before we're done with you, I want you to tell us about how it went when you finally made the call and you talked to people because I know you that you had a drunken meltdown and called your mom. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave that. Oh part my out. god! Because you were worried about all the judgment. Oh right! So it's true. That's is a good point. Oh my gosh! The day before, I um, the day before I. Meant, went to go in and everyone was going to get the announcement I all of a sudden was like had this immense fear I was going to be in the spotlight everyone was going to be questioning me I think I didn't want I didn't want the attention I didn't want to talk about it so yeah. much because I felt like people would judge me for what I was doing and they would have ideas about why I should stay why I shouldn't step down why all, all of this but um, and I did call my mom drunk. <laughs> Rob was, anyway, Rob witnessed that. Um, my mom was so kind. And I talked the next day and she was like, honey, I think it's sweet that you can call me and oh. talk to me about those things anytime. I was like, okay, mom, but I really don't want to do that again. She was <laughs> like, okay, whatever. It's fine. Um, yeah, but I learned a lot from that experience. So when I told people, more people were cool with it than I expected. Mm -hmm. That's a huge life lesson. Yeah. You know, people were like, great. Uh, that's cool. Good for you. It sounds like you're going to be happier. Awesome. And we get to work with you more at the, at the on the floor. Cool. And then some people <laughs> were like instantaneously... Welcome back to the dark side. Welcome back from the dark side. And yeah. I was like, what? I don't, I mean, I'm still going to always be allies with my yeah. management and leadership team because anyway, yes. and then some people were like, I know exactly why you stepped down because you didn't want to keep pushing this bull. Oh, like, come on. Like, oh, fucking, most people yeah. are wrapped up in their own shit. Yeah. So that was a big life lesson. Thanks for asking about that. Oh my god, that's so exciting! I can't believe the first tears. The first tears yeah. on this episode. So, um, yeah. So now we I feel it. like now I now I'm like a I feel like a new person. Like yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm I'm talking. I'm exploring all kinds of stuff about career opportunities, and, and I don't even know where it's going. Yeah. Do, um, oh, I want to talk about one other thing. Oh, yeah. I feel like I, I'm right there with you in terms of um, I'm in a management role now, but I don't want I have no aspirations to go any farther up the ladder. And I feel like I I really related to what you were saying about 
how do you grapple and deal with and realize that maybe you don't have to do that or you know you don't have to have a what's next in your career or maybe if I'm just have more lateral moves that would be okay I think it is especially for people who are high achievers and high performers and who are have done that before climb the corporate ladder I think it is really a crazy realization to be like I'm just gonna go wider mm-hmm. or yeah maybe maybe just not I just want to do more stuff where I where I can sustain and maintain the things that I really value which I do have now which are my family Mm-hmm. A great work-life balance, my own health, where I get to work out still, you know, and yeah, um, and mental health, you know, and I, I feel like having all of those freedoms is such a benefit, you know, whereas like if, well, imagine going into be a director or higher, you would get, you know, a financial benefit, but it's not worth it to me. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. It's doing what's right for you. Yeah. What time we got here, girl? Oh, Let's see. How long have we been going on this oh, topic? Oh, 45. Woo! Okay, let's... I think we should wrap it up. What I do, you, too. But, um... Do you want to talk about that Hunter S. Thompson letter? Or... Mm-hmm. No. I think next time. Okay. I will say... I watched a little something on manifesting. Mm-hmm. Just kind of woo-woo. I'm into it. Um, mm-hmm. About kind of calling the universe for what you want, mm-hmm. asking the universe for what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to, or I watched this episode on Marie Forleo, mm-hmm. her website called Marie TV. She's this entrepreneur and I guess self-help person. Um, and she had this episode on manifesting one-on-one and she, and Gabrielle Bernstein. Oh God, I'm not probably going to say this right. Um, but it was basically kind of like three steps uh-huh. to get to manifesting what you want. It's like one, get clear on what you want. Like have a vision for what you want. Uh-huh. Now, interesting about me is I don't really know what I want necessarily, but I know what kind of life I'm looking for. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that somehow that. Anyway, I'm st- I'm still getting clear on what I'm wanting, but. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I have a vision for what my life looks like, so that's what I'm kind of that's what I'm going for, mm-hmm. trying to manifest from the universe. Mm-hmm. And then then is to unblock. The next mm. step is to unblock yourself and basically get rid of those self limiting beliefs. And we kind of talked about this last week about not being thinking that you're good enough or not thinking that you can do this or yeah. these barriers or whatever. Yeah. So that next step is like get it, unblocking all of that stuff and then the last step I think is just being open to receiving what the universe brings and being patient yeah so anyway I just think that you know if you want abundance you all it's a big I think it's a really big woo-woo thing but um anyway it's a thing that's interesting to me so yeah Gonna manifest our dreams. I'm gonna practice Woo. some of those skills, manifest Nikki. Manifest our dreams. I love it. Um, okay, all right. So, rate, rate, review, review, <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. And send us your emails if you want to. Yep, at meltdowncitypodcast.gmail.com. Yeah. 
Send us your questions. Like us on and follow us on Instagram at yeah. City Podcast. Yeah, awesome. Cool, man. All right. Woo, peace out. See you next week. Oh. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com, or you can check us out on our website at MeltdownCityPodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.